Well, today we are going to talk um, about, it's probably not a great night to have a longer lesson. I'll try and get through it, but uh, it's something that's very close to my heart, uh, that's very personal to me. So you'll kind of be hearing a lot of my story tonight, um, which some of you may have heard a little bit before, but um, bear with me. Um, so I hope that you will get something out of it, because um, it is very important. And it's a topic that doesn't really get talked about a lot in church and church settings. Um, so I hope that if you are struggling with this like I did and like I do, then you'll find some hope in this lesson uh, and we'll hopefully be able to endure that struggle a little bit better. Um, Stephen, I'm going to ask you to start us off with a prayer. <laughs> you can start us off with the verses too if you want. But... <laughs> But you just want me. Go for it. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come and uh, gather together and um, just talk and talk about you and just try to go grow closer to you and just thank you for everything you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So last week we kind of touched on it um, a little bit, or last month, I guess. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Quarantine's got me out of, out of whack. I wish it was last week. Um <laughs> But uh, we kind of did a little preview, if you will. Um, so if you haven't guessed it yet, we're going to talk about the wonderful world of depression because it's so fun. We're going to dive into depression. It's going to be great. We're not, we're not going to dive into depression. We're, we're going to dive into the top, you know. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so I actually did two speeches on this um, in oral communications, right? And in my research, I found... Because you have to do research for a speech, you know, and all that good stuff that goes, goes along with it. And the National Institute for Mental Health found that one in every eight people age 18 to 25, which is our age group, suffers from depression. <laughs> that is not dependent on any religious standards or morals or any predispositions. It's just straight numbers, people across the board, no matter what. One in eight people suffer from depression. But depression is something that should not exist if you are a Christian, at least if you believe in God, right? Uh, I'm curious, and this is judgment-free zone. We've said it all night, right? <laughs> so I want to hear from you guys. Um, what have you been taught uh, growing up about Christian depression? Put that on a t-shirt, Christian depression. <laughs> I mean, I've never been taught that it was wrong because everybody goes through different states of, like, being depressed or, like, full-out depression. Um, I've, I guess I've just been taught that if you are, you just kind of, like, need to lean on others and God to help you get through it. Mm -hmm. I would probably say, for me, if I was ever to, I don't know, right? Just, the, like, I think, what I think would happen if I was, like, actually go to someone and say well I'm depressed or whatever they would be like no you're not there's other people that are like way worse off than you and you've got other people with way worse problems you're really not that bad you're not that sad you're not that depressed <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you know, go eat your lunch kid <laughs> yeah, pretty much like that that's I mean it might not be like that but that's how I think it would probably go something like that that just mm -hmm. bugs me though when people are like that because 
It may not be as big or as bad as other people's, but it's still an issue. Yeah. What about you guys? So I'm just saying, like, I don't know, like, I don't like telling people about my problems because I'm just like, there's like so many other people in the world that's like going through worse stuff. And then I just like bottle it up and then I have to drag myself out of it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, society has... Sorry, I'm talking a lot. Sorry. No, go for it. Um, society like kind of tells us like they're like share your problems, help, but they're also like they are having such bigger problems, so you need to only if you're having like, the biggest problems, then you yeah. can share. <laughs> like both sides and. But first, you gotta compare your problems, but don't compare your problems to other people. But make sure your problems the biggest before you say anything. <laughs> what about you, Hannah? <laughs> Beth disapproves. <laughs> what do you think would would happen if someone like whether you're, you struggle with it or not? Let's say you went to someone like growing up, someone you've grown up with, and you're like, "I'm struggling with depression." What do you think their response would be? Oh, my mom would be like, "Okay, let's figure this out." My dad would be like, "No, you're not. You don't know what pain is, or you don't know what depression is, or whatever. You're you're fine. Buck up and do whatever." But my mom would be like, "Yeah." Okay, you, you, you're going to get through this. Here's some Bible verses. Here's some stuff to help you, but, like, I don't know. What if it was, like, and this is for anybody, what if it was, like, someone stepping away from your family, like someone in your church you've grown up with? CJ and Deanne. Definitely. Deanne would be like, uh, yeah, you got this. You're fine. You mean you can get through this. I'll help you. Like, what can I do to help you? Um, I mean. But. And CJ would be, like, encouraging. Yeah, and, like, exactly. they would offer to pray with you. And yeah. Yeah call you, like, text you daily, like, um, I know from experience, DM, like, would literally, like, um, send you Bible verses, call you, um, and stuff, and just be there for you, I mean, like, a normal person should be, so. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, to me, this is actually a big problem, uh, that the church faces, and me personally, I was raised, and a lot of you guys don't really know much about my life before Oklahoma when I lived in North Carolina. Um, Probably garbage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> you know, there's good times, and then there's the rest of life. So, <laughs> uh, no, but my church that I was a part of back there was actually a Southern Baptist community. Um, I don't know if you guys, it's not really that popular out here in the Midwest. There's like very, I don't actually know of any Southern Baptist churches around here. There might be. I think be, they just but, call themselves Baptists here. Yeah. Well, so the Baptists are a little different. Those are like traditional Baptists. But like and Southern Baptists call yeah. themselves just Baptists. Mm-hmm. That could make sense because I like, I literally have not seen any Southern Baptist <laughs> churches. But in North Carolina, that's like all they are. It's mm-hmm. just like all like Southern Baptist. And then you have like a couple, I think I've seen like one Free Will Baptist out there maybe a couple other uh, less common ones. Um, But anyways, if you've been around Baptist much, which most of you guys, I think actually all of you guys were raised in a Baptist community, um, usually what you find, and this was especially true in my old church, um, is that uh, they don't really believe in depression a lot of times. Um, If you have depression, usually they're like, you're not trusting God enough or you're not praying enough, you're not hanging out with the right people, you know, you're hanging out with people that are bringing you down. I've heard all of those before. And sadly, this is what most churches will tell you. And if you're like me, that's not a very encouraging thought. <laughs> like, 
And I'm not saying that all Baptist churches preach this view. Again, like we mentioned CJ and DN, they're awesome people. Um, and I, I do know they're really great about talking with, with kids that are struggling with anything, really, not just depression, but just they're really great resources to just talk to. Um, a lot of wisdom, too. Um, but a lot of them do, um, even though that there's some that don't. So, anyways, this is just coming from my upbringing, uh, in which I was taught depression is equal to no boy, no Christian. It's not good. Um, if you have been taught this uh, same kind of mentality, and yet you suffer from depression, you probably have felt defeated, disappointed in yourself, and like you failed God because you're battling depression. And you might feel like you've let down Elroy, which means the God who sees. And that was true for me. And I kept hearing my pastors teach that depression doesn't exist in Christians um, because we have Jesus inside of us, right? And we have the Holy Spirit, right? I don't know if you guys have ever heard that. That's a pretty common response to people when they mention anything about depression. They're just like, oh, no, no, you have Jesus. You're fine. <laughs> like, they just kind of throw some dirt on it. You'll be all right. Uh, well, what happens when you read God's word and you pray and you trust God and you're believing his goodness and you're trying to have faith and trying to be what you've been taught is a good Christian and yet it doesn't work? What then? What would you guys do? Honestly, like what? what I want to hear you guys' thoughts. What would you do? Do you good question? Yeah. yeah, so if you are in an environment where... Um, say let's remove the good influences and there's just the bad influences and you've been um, or not influences I guess but kind of leadership people if that makes sense and like you've been struggling with depression and you and you tell someone and then they're like well you know just you read your Bible more or something and you've been doing this stuff but it's not helping it's not working what do you say to those people it creates doubt makes you doubt your if you're well I guess I'm not really saved or stuff like that you know makes you doubt your salvation, makes you doubt just different things, makes you doubt God's love, I guess. I think maybe, like, like, for me, like, it's like, for me, like, what is depression? Like, you know, cause, like, you don't, I don't, you don't want to say anything, because, like, well, I don't know, this is really, I, like, I don't feel happy all the time but I don't know if it's like depression like I like not, I'm not gonna moment, yeah I'm mm. not gonna go like kill myself I don't want to kill myself or something though mm -hmm. so you're like maybe well I don't really have depression but I don't know mm -hmm. yeah that is a very big discussion one <laughs> that we uh, don't per se have time to get into right now but it was definitely a conversation to have but cause like just because you're suffering from depression definitely does not mean that you're struggling with like suicidal thoughts yeah. and things um, there are many different levels. There's mild depression, severe depression, clinical depression, all these like different like levels that they would qualify you as and stuff like that. Um, and then there's Christian depression, which is like, you know, you're fine. Just suck it up and pray more. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm joking. Um, but there's just many different levels and things. But then there also is times of sadness. And just because you're sad doesn't mean you're depressed. And just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're sad. It's a very tricky thing. <laughs> like I said, I did... Uh, a lot of research into it um, when I did my speeches and things, um, which I'd definitely be happy to, to share if you guys are ever curious. Um, it's, de it's really good to know, not only for personal reference, but when you're, when you grow up and go out into like communities beyond, you know, our church family and, you know, your 
25 and something and you're going to people that are uh, maybe have not been brought up in great life circumstances and they've maybe made uh, some very severe mistakes and things, you can relate to them a little better and you can kind of learn to see what they're struggling with. And when you're able to identify that, and you're, you're not always going to get it right, obviously, but when you kind of become trained in that, you're, you're better able to kind of help them to know what to do. Because people that are like suffering with mild depression don't always want the same help that someone that's like really struggling with severe depression wants it's it's a very tricky thing <laughs> that's why it's such a, a big field too in um, psychology and medicine and things as it should be it's a very uh underrepresented issue i think um for me i cried uh and then i collected myself and i uh, cried some more that, that was my response to people <laughs> uh no but seriously it got to a point where i would literally just cry out in my mind because uh, I lived with people and they'd have thought I was crazy if I just started yelling angrily in my room like why why am I so sad they would probably not uh, <laughs> respond favorably to that <laughs> that was before it was just me and my mom I had a, a, other siblings and things too um, but I would cry out in my head and I would say God why am I feeling this way like why am I so down why am I so terrible at being a son of the most high like what's wrong with me and i i want to be a, a, a happy person but i can't and we have this cute little t-shirt at target that says choose happy it's got little like flowers and stuff and i tried i really did um but i failed over and over and over again it wasn't that simple for me i couldn't just choose to be happy or could i we'll get to that later so I would have these these nights where I would cry out and I would be so just frustrated that God was letting me go through this and I was so confused. I felt ashamed and I felt like a failure, like I was just a bad Christian all around. If you've ever struggled with depression, you might could guess what happened next. Um, as I began to get down on myself, it opened the door for my depression to come in. It would start... Uh, coming along and it would support those thoughts that I had uh and it would be like yeah bro you kind of suck man like what's with that <laughs> and be like what are you even doing with this god thing you know are you actually trying like are you even trying right now because if this is you trying you suck like this is terrible come on like, you should just give up you know quit trying to act all godly and all christian you know you're just a failure why are you even trying that's what depression would say to me. And for a couple years, I believed it. And I'm not talking a couple rough days. I'm talking years this went on. Now, two things happen when you believe depression. You doubt God's plan for you, and you start to feel overwhelmed to the point where you want to give up. Stephen, I'll let you start us off with reading since you were so eager to. <laughs> Read uh, Exodus 4, 10 through 12 there for me. But Moses said to the Lord, to the Lord, O oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. Okay. Hannah, can you read uh, Jeremiah 1, 6 through 10? Jeremiah <laughs> said, <laughs> Behold, I do not know how to speak, 
for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, uh, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to bluff up and to break down, to destroy, and to overthrow, to build, and to all right, I'm going to read that last part again. It says, See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. When you believe the lies of the enemies, you start to doubt the plan that God has for you. You start to question whether or not God really knows what he's doing with your life. I don't believe personally that Satan is the cause of all depression, and we might get to more on that later. Um, but I think rather what happens is that Satan takes advantages uh, of people with depression, and he likes to send his attacks when he knows that they're in a weakened state of self-image, when, when they're kind of getting down on themselves. That opens the door, and he, he likes to slide in there and just kind of make everything a lot worse. <laughs> uh, but we can be sure that God knows what he's doing, because the two verses right before the passage we read um, in Jeremiah they tell us the reason that we should trust in God's plan for us. Or do you want to read Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5? Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God has a plan for you. You can see that he said that there. We talk about that a lot here in this Bible study, but that's because we need to constantly remind ourselves of that. Y'all know that I'm in college, I hope. <laughs> I've been in it for two years. And um, maybe you can relate to this, maybe not. Um, but I have doubts every now and then when things get really, really tough, especially like this last semester. Um, and I don't sleep for three days. Uh, I start wondering, uh, is this really what God has planned for me? Like, am, I, am I even in the right thing? Or am I just suffering through all this endless crap for nothing? Like, Am I even supposed to be doing this? But then I remind myself of verses like the ones that we've read, and I remind myself that God knows that he has a plan for me, right? And he's got a plan for you. He knows what is best, and I have to believe him. But with depression, this can sometimes be very difficult. I can't tell you that I tell myself this, and then poof, depression leaves, and I'm all Gucci again. No, <laughs> it's a battle. And... In a battle, you're going to get some cuts, and you'll cut your opponent some. It's a back and forth. But we know that we are going to win. I have a question for you guys real quick. Who in here, out of the four of you, who thinks that Jesus is weak? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So even if we get knocked down, Jesus will be there lifting us up because he is God, and he's there for us. Just like Simon of Cyrene lifted Jesus' cross up when he couldn't carry it. Jesus showed that it's okay to need help. It's not a sign of weakness. Y'all just said that 
most of you, except for Laura, doesn't believe that Jesus is weak. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I get what you're saying. It's very true. He, he was all flesh and all men. Yet he asked for help. Well, more accurately, he needed help because he couldn't go on. But what I want you to see is asking for help is not a weakness. And it leads me to the next thing that depression tells you. It starts throwing all of these things at you and says, like, what are you going to do about that? You know, what's your move? You can't control that circumstance. You just lost your work. What are you going to do about that? Your friends are moving away and you won't see them anymore. What are you going to do about that? You're going to be so lonely. You don't have the money to pay for your school. What are you going to do about that? You're only working two jobs. <clears throat> Come on. You should be working three to get extra money. What are you doing? What are you doing about that? This is what <laughs> this is what depression says. It attacks you. And it puts the pressure on you. See, it puts the responsibility on you. And it puts your faith in you. That's the problem with depression. It takes our eyes off of Jesus and puts them into ourselves and in our situations. Then when we start realizing how much stuff we have to do and how much we're responsible for, we just spiral downwards, onward, uh, further and further. And I want to say that it's okay to feel this way. Let's look at Jeremiah twenty fourteen through 18. Someone read that. 20, 14 through 18? Yeah. Cursed be the day on which I was born, the day when my mother bore me, let it not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father, a son is born to you, making him very glad. Let that man be like the cities that the Lord overthrow without pity. Let him hear a cry in the morning and an alarm at noon, because he did not kill me in the womb. So my mother would have been, been my grave, and her womb forever great. Why did I come out from the wombs to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? So Jeremiah, after receiving direct instruction from God and living a life close to God is so overwhelmed by his responsibilities and by his life that he wishes he would have never been born. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there, but I certainly have been. Then we see Job, and I'm going to read this one for us. It's Job 10, 17 through 22. It says, You renew your witnesses against me and increase your anger towards me, or toward me. Hardship after hardship is with me. Why then have you brought me out of the womb? Would that I had died and no eye had seen me? I should have been as though I had not been, carried from womb to tomb. That's some clever wordplay right there. <laughs> Hats off to Job. Would he not let my few days alone withdraw from me that I may have a little cheer before I go, and I shall not return to the land of darkness and deep, sorrow, deep shadow, the land of utter gloom as darkness itself, of deep shadow without order, and which shines is the darkness. These guys were overwhelmed by responsibility and pain and suffering to such a great extent that they wished they could die and wish they were never born. And I've said this before, but it was one of the darkest points in my life, and I share it as an encouragement to those of you that uh, know me now uh, as hopefully someone that treasures life and is grateful to be alive, because I am, and I try my, my best every day to um, find new things to look forward to and to appreciate. Um, so uh, the main thing that I want you guys to be able to see 
is to see how God can take people, even those in the darkest situations, and bring them through the storm into the light of Jesus's grace. But I remember laying down one night uh, to go to bed, one night in particular. It was many years ago. I don't remember exactly how many. Um, my parents had already divorced and had been divorced for a couple years now. So I was probably like 13 or 14 or so. And they were fighting every day and dragging me into it, uh, trying to force me into choosing this side and that side and different issues. And I was having to choose whether to support my dad and hurt my mom or to support my mom and hurt my dad. And neither of which I really wanted to do. It was not a fun place to be. My mom was trying to get me to go to a private school uh, because she felt like it was best for me to get some more friends. <laughs> and uh, I had like literally two friends, I think, at the time. Um, I'm pretty sure. Maybe three. <laughs> and I, But I, I heavily, heavily opposed this idea. Um, I did not want to go at all. And I remember things just, just getting so bad and tense and stressful. Um, they were it was just terrible and i don't know that they meant to make it to make me rather feel this torn uh or not but that's how 13 or 14 year old me interpreted everything going on and i remember laying in bed one night with tears welling up in my eyes i remember crying out to god and just through bitter tears saying why am i even alive right now i wish that i could just go to bed and not wake up And that gets to me even now. It, it just it breaks my heart that people feel that I felt so utterly hopeless that they don't want to wake up to the beautiful creation that God has made and to the beautiful adventure that God has created for each person called life. And if that's you or if that's been you, let me just say that you can do it. Things will work out and you can get through the dark of night. But there's only one way to see the path in front of you. You need light. If you're surrounded by darkness, you, you need a light. Specifically, you need the light, Jesus. Only Jesus can help you through those dark nights. See, I, I can't hold myself up. I can't show myself the way. But Jesus, through the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me and inside of you, he can. Now, I have definitely grown... Uh, in my faith since then and even though things are tough and heck to be quite frank they're very tough right now <laughs> in many different areas um, I know and I believe that God will make a way because he's shown himself to do so Beth can you read Romans eight twenty eight for me and we know that those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose man that is on every coffee mug God will make everything work together for good, right? This verse says, or this verse, rather, uh, we say it a lot, and I just actually made a joke about it being on a coffee mug, um, but we say it like it means nothing, right? Because we've become so desensitized to it, hearing it a lot, especially in our homeschool community, you hear this verse literally like every other week when you're graduating. <laughs> um, it's bad. But this is really a powerful, powerful verse, this verse can be said in the darkest of nights to encourage your spirit and to, to encourage you to keep going, to give hope when situations look hopeless. This verse really hit home when my dad passed away. Uh, I do remember my age then. I was 16 at that point. And I was living without a father. He was gone. Uh, and that was tough. 
I don't know. Would you say that was a good thing? I didn't. I, I certainly would not say that that was a good thing. I thought it was terrible, personally. <laughs> but Romans 8.28 doesn't say God works all good things together for good. It says he works all, period, all things together for good. My dad's death seemed like the end of hope. Like, that was it. And yet, I have seen so, so many good things come from that. I, myself, have become such a... Uh, more compassionate more generous and more loving human being like you guys didn't really know me that much when i was 13 <laughs> i don't know if any of you guys did uh, you might have known my name but i was not a real friendly person to be around and regardless of what you think of me i can guarantee you that it would have been much worse if you know me very well when i was like 15 <laughs> or before <laughs> um I have learned to value this life and every single day that we are given. And when depression tries to steal away that gratitude, I remind myself that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. That's right. <laughs> Seriously, that saying is kind of tacky, honestly. Um, and I learned it from God's not dead, just being honest. <laughs> That's where I heard it. But can I say that as tacky as that statement and as overused as that statement might have been and might be, that's the very thing that has seriously gotten me through a lot of seemingly hopeless situations. God is good all the time. Remind yourself of that often. It'll go a long, long ways. And when you get overwhelmed, remember that it's okay and God is still in control. He's working everything for good. That's a promise that you can depend on and you can hold God accountable for that because he said it. It's true and it's going to happen. We just read it. The hardest part is waiting to see the good result from the bad thing or bad sequence of things that goes on. And I know it's tough, but you got to just take it one day at a time. Even if it seems like whatever is happening is the end of it, there's no way that you could recover from this. Just know that God is good all the time. So the last thing that I want to bring up is the response. How do we fight depression? What do we do? Well, I heard a speaker in one of our chapels recently um, and this was probably a couple months ago now, I guess, because we were out for the last couple months of chapel. I didn't say that. We had chapel. I definitely was watching every time. <laughs> but um, we didn't meet in chapel. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, a good way, they said that a good way to, to beat depression in a battle is to bring the atmosphere of heaven down to earth. How do we do that? Well, in heaven, there are angels constantly praising God. And I'd say to bring that atmosphere to us, praising God would be a pretty good place to start. So someone read Revelation 4, 6 through 8. It's not Stephen. And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystals. And in the midst of the throne, and around about the throne, four, where were four beasts full of eyes before before and behind and the first beast was like a lion and the second beast was like a calf and the third beast had a face of a, as a man and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle and the fourth beast had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying holy 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 lord god almighty which was and is and is to come Perfect, thank you. 
There are angels that praise him all the time and are thus in his presence. How do we welcome his presence then? Uh, let's look at Second Chronicles 5, 11 through 14. And I will I'll read that one. I think it's on the last page. And when the priest came out of the holy place, for all the priests who were present had consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun, their sons and kinsmen, arrayed in fine linen, with cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with 120 priests who were trumpeters, or trumpeteers, I'm not sure. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And what do we know about being in God's presence? Someone read Psalm 1611 there. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So what do we say the opposite of depression was? Happiness. Joy. Pretty much. Joy, right? And where do we find joy? Jesus. In his presence, right? The verse we just read. <laughs> right? And how do we welcome his presence? We talked about that. Bringing him, praising him. There you go. Got it. <laughs> praise. <laughs> you guys are getting it. Sing praises, right? So I don't care if you're the worst singer in the world. I know you are. It's fine. I'm just kidding. You guys are great. <laughs> That's one comfort that you can take, even if you're a terrible singer. You can always count on having one person who loves hearing your voice and loves hearing your beautiful song, and that is God. Every one of us. He loves to hear his children praise him. Lift up a joyful noise and praise him. Sing in the car, loud and proud, <laughs> wherever you find works best for you. We'll have a lesson on praise at some point. Uh, maybe we'll get to dive deeper into that. Uh, but for now, we'll just get a sneak peek. Praising him is absolutely non-dependent on your voice. Not at all. It has nothing to do with your voice. It's all in your heart. Worship is something that comes from the heart, much as love comes from the heart and not from what you do. Acts and words can show love, but they are not love itself. So earlier I said that I get back to choose happy, and this is what I mean by that. If happy, or joy more accurately, comes from praising God, as we saw in, 16, in Psalm 16.11, then sometimes you have to choose to praise him. You won't always feel like worshiping, trust me. And I can tell you that you almost certainly won't feel like praising him uh, when you're in a battle with depression. But again, worship is not with your voice, it's with your heart. So put on some worship music and just listen. Let it speak to you. Listen to the words. My personal recommendation would be Casting Crowns. Just put them on shuffle and listen to the words in their songs. It's very powerful. Uh, a lot of his songs are great fight songs to use against depression, and others are just great encouragement. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was in a concert with him this past year, and he said that a lot of his songs actually come from 
lessons that he taught his youth group because he's a youth pastor. And a lot of his songs actually come from lessons that they've had. Um, they're just really great songs. So to fight depression, one of your best bets is definitely to sing and or to listen to worship music. Just fill your spirit with God's presence and praise God with your heart. Praise God with your words. Praise God with your song. Praise God with your life. Thank him for all he's done and given to you and start naming them by item, not just a general st like statement. Like Be specific. Instead of, like, thank you for friends, goes something like, thank you for Stephen and the fun time we had today, you know? And instead of, like, thank you for providing for me, try, like, thank you for that free drink today that the gas station attendant gave me. That was a nice surprise, you know? <laughs> like, just whatever little things happen. They happen all the time. It's, it's really amazing when you start looking for them. Uh, maybe say, instead of... Uh, Thank you for my friends who pray for me. Say, like, thank you for Zach. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. You guys don't know him yet. Um, but he prays for me, and he's a really great encouragement. So, like, naming people by name. Just be specific and be creative, you know? Have a moment with God. Um, so I want to close, lastly, with some practicality and some hard truth. Uh, this, all that we've talked about, isn't always going to work. I'd be a straight liar if I sat here and told you that as soon as I started doing these things, uh, everything was better and I stopped having to fight depression and I was healed. Um, some people are like that. That's amazing when miracles like that happen. It hasn't happened for me yet. I know it still comes and goes, but that's the whole point. It goes. It used to come and stay for years. <laughs> it came and stayed. Now it comes and goes. It's a process, and it takes time, but you have to have faith in that process. And thank God often for how he's molding you into uh, what he wants you to be and how this experience you're going through, whether it's negative or positive, how it's going to make you a better person, that much better to equip or better equipped to handle what he's got in store for you and for your life. But I gotta be honest with you, I've still had many fights with depression since my darkest night many years ago. It's been hard work and a definitive effort for me to be able to go from Job 10 Job, who is wishing he was dead, <laughs> to Job 42 Job, who is confessing his sins and uh, embracing God's process and you know giving him praises, um, even though it can be a terrible, tough, beautiful journey. Um, James says in James 1, 2 through 4, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And thus I try to find the good that has resulted from those fights with depression. Such as they too have helped form who I am and have enabled me to relate to many people who I wouldn't have otherwise been able to talk to at all. Uh, I encourage you that if you're finding yourself depressed and struggling to find the hope to go on, look to Jesus and sing praises to his name. Just start with there. That has been the single most impactful thing to me in my journey. Singing praise to God and just communing in his presence. There's nothing like it. 
it's not always easy, granted. And I've had many times that uh, I just didn't feel like it. But it's always, always worth it. So don't look down on yourself for struggling with depression. There's nothing wrong with your Christian work, your Christian walk. You're not a bad Christian, and uh, you have not uh, forsaken the faith. Just because you're suffering with depression, and although it's different, anxiety is a close, a close relative to depression. And I believe that joy can definitely help anxiety as well, although I find that praying for God's peace has been the best thing for me to combat anxiety versus uh, singing praises for depression. Um, but anyways, please do not feel like you are less of a Christian if you suffer from depression or anxiety. You're not. I promise you. God's going to use your tough battles to shape you, and you will become stronger. And you'll come out on the other side better prepared for what God is calling you to do. You got this. You can do it. <laughs> I usually try, personally, to end each lesson with a challenge to you guys to encourage you to be courageous. That's you know, we have the name of our group that we don't really use that often, but um, that's what our goal is, to be courageous. But this time, I was really just feeling the need to encourage you and just say, it's okay. You're not failing. You're not a terrible Christian. It's okay. <laughs> God's got you. God loves you guys. I love you guys. I'm here for you. If you need prayer or anything, always feel free to ask me whether it's depression, anxiety, fear, uh, or a situation in particular. Just let me know, and I will pray for it. Um, and reach out to each other. Community is the single best thing a person suffering from depression can have. That has been proven many times over. Um, so if you're going through some tough times, build the community up and bear each other's burdens. Let other people help you. Very important. <laughs> let other people help you. And so fulfill the law of Christ, bearing each other's burdens. Encourage each other. Lift each other up together so that we can soar on wings like eagles together. And I think you too will be able to one day look back upon your battles and say, I can see how God was working there. I can see how God was strengthening me there. And I can see how God was preparing me there. I'm always here for you guys. If you need anything, let me know. If I can help tangibly, I will. If not, like I said, I'll always be willing to pray for you guys. But uh, you guys are awesome. Remember that. You're doing all right. Um, someone pray us out. Dear God, thank you for allowing us all to come here today. Um, please just be with us as we're still dealing with this pandemic, that you'll just be with us and our families and all of the families that were affected by it. Uh, please just us to be able to be courageous and to encourage one another that we can show each other love and be there for all of them as they're going through whatever they are um, and just thank you for everything else as you say amen i actually did have uh, one song i want to play for you guys too you've probably heard it but it kind of goes along with tonight Listen to what they said.
there you have it. God's got you. <laughs> That's all I got.